What's happening, Big Mike? Pastor Todd, what's happening, my man? How you man, doing, man? Man, I'm good, man. Hey, good. you know, I would say it's a lot different than having Jeff on, but y'all both bald headed and kind of light skinned. So. <laughs> it all evens out, huh? It all evens out, man. <laughs> but oh, uh, man. welcome, 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 everybody, to Religiously Incorrect Podcast. Listen, everybody, uh, look, we're going to have a little quick prayer meeting for Pastor Jeff. Yes, he just had yes. a little bit of pain, just a little, he just had a little nerve pain in his body, and he is not feeling up to it tonight. Uh, we don't know if he'll be able to pop in, if God's going to work a miracle for him. But seriously, you know we love Pastor Jeff. We love him. Dude is getting old. This cat, you know, is, <laughs> this, cat, this cat is getting ancient. He still know. think he's 20, though. He, he still, still think he's 20. 20. <laughs> he just started riding that bike, man. <laughs> All on that bike trying to do pop willies and uh you right. know do all kind of stuff, man. You gonna have go ahead and turn that in for a baby carriage, a station wagon or something. <laughs> but welcome to Sunday night service. Welcome everybody. Lady Dela Cruz. Right quick, Mike, man. How's your week been, man? How things been going? Uh pretty good, man, till this weekend. Um, I don't want to get into too many de- yeah. <laughs> too many details. We talked about it pre-show, but I'm doing good. Right, though, man. Right. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'll just make it simple for you. You know, Mike. Mike's at that age where the men got to do what the men got to do. Right, right. I'm 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 50 going on 51. So y'all read between the lines. Y'all, y'all know what's happening. <laughs> and you know what? Here at Religiously Incorrect, we promote men's health. No we doubt. want black men to be healthy. You know, we don't love the things that we have to do to be healthy, but we do it anyway because we love ourselves. We love our families. We want to be around for a long time. No so, doubt. you know, it's a lot going on, man. I think since the last time we met, the Lakers got bounced. Uh, Lakers got bounced from the playoffs. You know, it's not long before the NFL season is starting. You know, baseball's in full swing, Mike. What, what do you what do you think of sports wise, man? Where's your mind at? Where's your attention at? Now, honestly, I don't really follow baseball that much. I keep up on the scores a little bit, and uh, you know, see who's in first place, second place, all that. But uh, to watch it on TV, them games are too long for me. Sorry, right. I, I, I can't do it. Try going to one. <laughs> Try going to one and sitting there. Right, right, right. right. Now, now um, my kids still playing. You know, okay. okay. Sometimes the games are like. 35 minutes, sometimes like three and a half hours. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, basketball, I haven't been watching much, but I've been keeping up. Um, you know, the Lakers, I, I I knew they didn't have it this year. They had a lot of injuries late, things like that. So, you know, I really wasn't looking for them to do too much. Um, the Brooklyn Nets lost today. I did watch some of that game. And See, Kyrie went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I haven't heard the updates to see what's going on with him, but hopefully he's all right. They can get back into the swing of things. Right. Um, right. James Harden is out. I don't. I don't know. If, well, he's he out say, too. Yeah, yeah. He say he hurt hamstring, something like that. But it's I the haircut, think, man. Well, well, think, yeah. what, what do you think it is? What do you think it is? I think they are resting him up. So when they get down too much, or you know what I'm saying? It ain't looking good. Then they're going to bring him back in. He's going to score 40 his first game. Yeah, it, okay. Know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I got you. What That's about the lanky goes. dude? What's the lanky dude's name that never has his hair cut right? What's his name? Um, uh, oh, what is his name? I can't think of it. I know he, you're talking he, about. He's that though. forgettable. He's he's that forgettable. The one that with the BB's in his hair. He needs to just. <laughs> oh, 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 KD. KD. 
KD, yeah, Kevin Durant, yes, somebody, yeah, somebody, yeah. give yeah, that man. brother some Clippers. That brother needs a deliverance service at a barbershop. That dude, you. he he needs a brush, some Dax, Murphy, something. <laughs> Murphy, <laughs> we need that old school Murphy's. Uh, Bear, you know about that. You know about that, Officer Brown. You know about that old school Murphy's. Yeah, Kevin Durant needs some old school Murphy's, but you know. I'm just looking forward to football season at this point. I kind of wanted to see the Lakers make another run at it. I'm not a huge basketball fan. Right. I'll probably watch like the the finals if it's good. You mm -hmm. know, if it looks like it's interesting. Yeah. But deep in I'm the playoffs ready. in the finals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm ready yeah. for football to come back. See if uh, Ben can hold up another year, or the Browns are as good as they say they are. You know, my prediction. All the Browns fans gonna hate me, but Faker Mayfield is gonna flop this year. You think he'll flop? Yeah, I said it. He gonna flop. <laughs> I'm gonna take you at your word, man. You heard it here first on Religiously Incorrect Podcast. Big Mike says Baker Mayfield is gonna have a down year. He's just gonna have, and you know what? People do have down years. Don't have to be. Right. I mean, <clears throat> right. It, it happens. You know, I mean, it's, it's slump. You know, uh, junior slump, whatever you want to call it. It's just the Browns' luck. They they got all the pieces in place, and you know. Like I said, just the Browns' luck, man. Right, right. So he's right, gonna flop right. this year. That's my prediction. Right, right. So I mean, I'm just looking forward to high school football, college football. I can't wait to go to games again. Right. You know, I went to the uh, Scrappers game. I'm not even a Scrappers fan. I got some free tickets and went to the yeah. Scrappers game. And yeah, I seen your post, man. Yeah, that was cool. That Let was the cool. kids go, you know, and just 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 be out, man. You know, I said it on Sunday. Our, my my subject was reopening. The reopening. Uh, and that it's just weird getting back out. It's like you got to learn how to socialize again, you right. know, and, and be around people. And you still feel kind of funny being next to people, mm -hmm. even though, you know, the vaccinations, whatever, whatever, even right. outdoors. I don't know if people are going to be scared. You know, we got some church events coming up, outdoor picnic, you know, but people are coming to church. Things yeah. are, you know, people don't seem to. It, I think people are going to be real picky and like pull this COVID thing out of their pocket when it's convenient. Yeah. I think that what that, that that's what it's basically going to be is people are going to pull it out of their pocket when it's convenient for them. Yeah. I don't want to be a COVID. I don't, I want to ride that bus. So I don't want to sit there. I don't want to do this. But if they want to be somewhere or want to do something, it's not going to be an issue. Right. That's just that's just yeah. the way it is. So yeah. they're going to be real selective. Real selective. Yeah. You know, and, and, and you know, especially our folk, man, we just love pretending like stuff is an issue when we want it to be. <laughs> we just love acting like it's something. So, right, right, right. man, I want to knock these uh, knock these uh, ads out real quick uh, and thank our sponsors. So I'm going to start with uh, Phillips Care Cleaning and uh, proud sponsors of Religiously Incorrect Podcast, the Phillips Care family of business, Phillips Care Cleaning Service. They do residential and commercial, any type of cleaning you can think of, floor cleaning, basic cleaning, upholstery, carpet, wood floor, moving in, moving out, hauling away starting at $35 a room for carpet cleaning and even basic steam. They will uh, take care of the mess that causes you stress. So don't waste your time. Let them do it. Trumbull, Mahoning, surrounding areas. If you're anywhere in that vicinity, they will come and take care of you. Just call my man Fernando at 330-219-7916. So look up Phillips Care LLC on Facebook. And while we're at it, we want to shout out the other side of the Phillips Care family of businesses, Phillips Care Lawn Services. It's doing lawn care starting at $30. They've been in business for over 10 years. They do everything from spring uh, the fall cleanup, weekly, biweekly mowing, edging, trimming, and even mulching and different services like that. Again, 
look them up on Phillips Care LLC on Facebook or contact them by phone at 330-219-7916. And you're not just hearing from somebody doing a commercial. You're hearing from someone who is a satisfied customer. And we are proud to have them as sponsors. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Religiously Incorrect, just contact us via Facebook, Instagram, inbox. We'll get back with you. Or you can email us at religiouslyincorrectpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd be happy to get back with you and spread the message of your business to a wide and broad audience here on these here internets. So thank you very much. So Pastor Jeff will not be with us for those of you uh, who are missing. Oh, yeah. I don't want to forget this. Shout out to the JFK Eagles. They just won the state basketball championship. Thank you. Congrats, uh, congrats. Browns. Congrats. You know what? When anybody succeeds from our area, I think we should celebrate them. That's a feat that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. And so shout out to JFK, to John F. Kennedy Catholic School here in Warren, Ohio. We still claim them as a Warren school because you're in the city of Warren and you've taken half the students that come out of our schools anyway. So <laughs> without us, it wouldn't be no you. So really, that's a Warren City Schools title, to be honest. I mean, y'all should just bring half the trophy over to Hardy. No, nah, but no, nah, celebration to the to the young men, their parents, the coaches, and the whole program. You know what, Mike? I'm going to let you have your night. I've got to hold this down. So I'm going to take a minute and introduce our guests. And I think we're going to have a very great episode. So everybody, anything you want to say before you go out, Mike? Oh, no, nah, man. I'm cool. I'm cool. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We uh, really, really appreciate your support. Um, hey, we're here every Sunday night, 9 p.m., Sunday night service. Sunday night service. Come get your testimony on. No doubt. Take care, Mike. All right. All right. Check it out, everybody. Uh, Pastor Jeff is not in the building, but thanks be to the Lord. We do have a special guest, and so I'm just going to consider him our special guest and co-host. Now, most of you know that before I was a pastor, uh, I was a worship leader, musician, not a very good one, but I definitely love what I do. I enjoy uh, playing and, and being involved in worship. Most of you know I still uh, assist and lead in worship at my church. I came up playing for my, my father uh, at Agape when I was growing up, and now I'm at Second Baptist, and I have a wide range of worship experience, and I really appreciate all different types of worship music and styles, and I just thought it was appropriate, Jeff and I were talking, that we'd like to do this episode that we call Worship Wars, and I want you to take a second and tag somebody, tag a worship leader, um, a musician, a singer, a choir member, even a pastor. Tap in. If you're watching us, say hey, say hi. I want to see some tags, some comments. Tell them to come in. We're talking about worship wars with my very special guest, my friend and my brother, one of the uh, excellent musicians of our region. He is definitely a minstrel. I haven't heard that word in a while. I'm going to say it. He's a minstrel. He's not a musician. He's a minstrel. He's a he's a Levite. He's a he's a Levit he's of the Levitical priesthood of 2021 uh, of the tribe of Trumbull Mahoning County. Uh, he is uh, a wonderful brother, humble spirit. He's one of our favorite people on religiously incorrect podcast. He's always tuning in. We even sent him a Schmedium T-shirt, just like the one I wear. I want you all to welcome to the show my friend and brother, Mark Range Jr. Bring him in, Big Mike. How you doing, Mark? First of all, I'm honored to receive an introduction like that. 
you know, you, you got to give the pose, man. You got to oh, yes. give the, you got to give the pose. <laughs> and I got to cross my legs. And, yeah, you know, cross your eat. legs. Look up at the sky. Yes. Yeah. And you know, say my prayer at the chair. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it, man. Kneel down at the chair, man. I don't know what they be saying. I don't be saying nothing. I be like A B C D E F G. How you feeling tonight? Oh, I'm great. How's it going, man? Man, I know you're tired because I stopped in at church tonight. Yes. You did two services, right? Yes, sir. Well, that, that yes, was my sir. fourth. So, you know, at least I didn't have to jam like y'all. Y'all was killing tonight. Yes, sir. And um, um, we were remarking in the back that um, we we're making sure to live right because our AC had um, a function. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that was a preview for I hope some people got saved tonight. You know? Listen, you know, if if yeah. we say it all the time, if you don't like being hot in church, you might as well go on ahead and get right now. Yes. Because hell is just. What if hell was just hot church? <laughs> that never. <laughs> what? Yeah, nobody want to be there. Welcome to religiously incorrect. What if? What if hell was just hot church with the same person telling the same rambling testimony over and over again in the choir singing off key for all of eternity? I can do it. I mean, you're still burning. You're still mm -hmm. burning, but it's hot church too. You got to be in a bad church service. Yes, sir. I can do it. Your life. I was gonna yeah. tell Mike to um to um you should have had your short outfit from last week. No, no, my short don't don't <laughs> don't tempt Mike. Wait, I, don't, don't tempt the dirty. <laughs> I should have Oh, that would have been an order today. I should have I should have wore I should have wore I should have wore that to new beginnings tonight. <laughs> you know. What started out as a joke turned out to be a practical necessity. And I'm, I think I missed out on my blessing. I missed out on my blessing, my opportunity to introduce a new form of fighting the heat. You know, I have to commend you. At least you guys didn't turn on one of them giant industrial fans in the back of the church that mm -hmm. like blows people's wigs off. And uh, I have one in my house in case y'all want one. I literally have one in my uh, back deck. I don't know why the, the previous homeowner left it here, but it hasn't moved in a couple of years. So if any of you old school churches want one of those giant silver fans that we used to always have in the back, I will give it to you for free if you turn it on and I can hear it on your stream. And it got the I, silver switch on top. Yeah, it has a silver switch yes, in, the chain, in the chain. Yes. <laughs> and the different speeds. And different speeds you got to turn it off yes, so, people, so people can testify because you can't yes, hear anybody sir. testifying when it's on. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody wants that, but you have to use it in church, and I have to hear it during your live stream. That's the stipulation. And you can have a free industrial old school <laughs> church fan, <laughs> or a batch of church fans with Martin Luther King Jr. on the back, or the little girl praying. Yes, and I was that. upset, Mark. I want. I want. I have. I have a grievance. I'm going to call Kevin. Mm -hmm. uh, I sweat easily. I was sweating over there. Nobody brought the preacher. A fan. Oh, uh, nobody. I, I'm the I'm the visiting minister. I'm not preaching, but I, I still consider myself a visiting minister. The water. I have a grievance. And then I went to grab a tissue and I dabbed my forehead. And I didn't realize for at least a good three minutes that some of the tissue is still stuck to my forehead. Oh, man. <laughs> not while That's I was up tough. speaking. Not when I was up speaking. But I know Vicky and a couple of the ladies that been funny. saw me. So. I will say this. We're just now getting back into the flow post pandemic. So we'll make sure that's tightened up the next time you come in. I'm going to come back and be a secret shopper and see how I'm treated. A secret <laughs> church shopper. So, uh, Mark, 
tell us about yourself. Uh, you know, how long have you been playing? Maybe the different types of churches that you have served at. Just what your journey has been like as a musician, a church musician. Sure. Um, first and foremost, I can relate to you. I'm also a PK. Right. So, right. Um, five to six times a week and sometimes seven. You know, all I knew was church during the week. And, you know, you come home from school, get a little lunch or whatever. Then you back out to a business meeting, Bible class. Um, mission, do they still do mission? No, nah, most um, of that stuff's gone now, man. The mission, like... BTU, all that stuff. Yeah, it's all so, gone, man. So basically seeing all the kids playing football and, you know, they're waving at you. <laughs> Watching you, know. you go to church. So, yes. So, um, but then Mike knows early, about that. Watching you go by. Yes. And you just, you know, just drop your head. But um, at an early age, um, I was very observant. And at the age of three, um, all of a sudden, um, I um, got on the top of a um, drum stool while um, um, Elder Bernetta Stevens, she was playing. And um, I just started playing the drums at the age of three. And so um, I started developing my gifts during that time. So I was mostly known as a drummer in the area. And, you know, one Sunday, not to be deep, I'm not deep. No, I got you. Uh, one Sunday, um, we were in a, I was at a church and we were in a high worship moment. And I heard this sound and I could see this smoke descending on us. Yeah, it's pretty and deep. It's, the more it's I heard deep. the sound. I know, I know, but it, it's going to bless you. But, okay. but then it was like, um, I'm like, man, I hope they match what I'm hearing. But what ended up happening, um, we went on to like the morning announcements or the welcome or something. And I saw the smoke go back up. So I said, Lord, if you can help me to play what I heard, what I'm able to hear, um, I promise you I'm not going to play anywhere else but for you. And that Wednesday, I sat down at New Bethel on that Triton. Okay. And I started playing, Lord, I'm available. I had never played a full song in my life. And all of a sudden it made sense. And I, so that was back in about 2010, 2011. So let me see. You might need to turn your volume down. Is your volume high? Um, It might be. Okay. Because I'm hearing myself a little loud. Mike, can you hear me? Can you hear that? Okay. Yeah. Let me turn your volume down a little bit. Okay. okay. Go ahead. So, um, so yeah, of course, you know, a new musician, I started with the kids choir. And then wait, so this is 10 years ago. This is 10 years ago. So I was 27, 28. Wow. So this is a pretty yeah. late in life kind of thing. So were you a music musician before that or were you just in church a lot and like dabbling? I was always on the drums. Okay. Like I was always on the drums and always aspired to want to play. And I would watch um David Leonard, you know, Ray Bonner, LaRon, Johnny, oh, yeah. you know. On Will Eldridge, all the heavy hitters, you know, and I would just be like, man, like I want to. But I think the Lord knew when to bless me with the gift. And there's no telling what hot mess I would have been if I had it sooner. You know, wow. So um, I started playing full time at a prophetic church. It was called um, Destiny International Ministries. OK. And that's where I um, I got tossed out into the wolves pretty much. And. I took a lot of L's, you know, and, but it was a great training. 
And then I ended up at um, Victory in Liberty under um, Pastor um, Beecham. And that gave me a great foundation and a great, um, very um, multifaceted. And then you have a multicultural church. Okay. So yeah. that was a new experience. And I think you came preach for us. Mm-hmm. And I, then, apologize. Uh, I apologize for that. Oh, man, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. It was amazing. And then um, last five years, I've been at New Beginnings Outreach Ministries. If you don't mind, I want to shout out um, Pastor Devin Carson. and um, I do Austin mind. Andrew. We're not doing any shout outs tonight. I'm not shouting out that dude. I sat in his hot church for an hour <laughs> and a half. I'm not shouting out nothing. Yes, sir. You shout, out, get... you shout out some new AC, dog. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. Listen, I'm joking. I, we know all about it, man. We had some crazy issues just a couple weeks ago at our church. It was burning up like just like that. But yeah, I feel yes, like, trust me, we were there. We were there. I mean, church was just staring mm-hmm. me down. Like, didn't we pay all this money for this AC? Like, what, what's wrong yes. with you? Yeah, yeah. I've been yes, there. sir. So yeah. um, my, my training has been up very gradual. New Bethel was very um, hymn heavy, anthems. Oh, yeah. Contemporary, you know, very, everything's in the mix. I grew up in Holy Trinity Missionary Baptist Church under my grandfather, the late Ernest F. Reigns. Um, so then New Bethel, Destiny's Prophetic. Um, then you have um, Victory, Multicultural. Now I'm at New Beginnings. Just throw everything in the bag. You never know what you're going to get. Right, right, right. So right, right. it's been a now, blessing. You have a lot of experience. I think we have similar stories. Now, even though I was only in really one previous church, I spent so much time playing in so many different places. Yes. Uh, there have always been differences between worship styles, Pentecostal, Baptist, you know, what they call high church, you know, storefront mm-hmm. style, whatever. But I think like everything else in life, the social media era, kind of the big gospel industry era in a lot of ways, like the ability to kind of put yourselves on display, not even internet, but even before internet, videotape ministries, TV ministries, really gave a lot of highlights and opportunities for people to really uh, champion their preferred style. And then we've seen a lot of transitioning from people who were raised in a traditional setting, let's say a New Bethel, a Second Baptist, hymns, anthems, choruses. Then they go into more of the, you know, uh, non-denominational or CCM style or prophetic style or Pentecostal style. And there's always just like this in my mind. I really feel like we rob ourselves of the uh, beauty of the diversity of worship by yes. comparing, competing, and honestly, way too much downing or, you know, making ourselves feel superior that the way we do. And, and honestly, right about now, and some people might mm-hmm. argue with this, so you're welcome to comment and argue. It sure. feels like most of the weight is leveled against the more traditional old school as if there's no spirit there. There's, the Holy Ghost ain't moving through a hymn. If you're not chanting the same line, which I wonder what's the difference between a prophetic chant and an old school Pentecostal song where you saying fire Lord over and over again. Yeah, power Lord. For like, yeah, power Lord. Well, you're just changing yeah. the beat. I mean, mm-hmm. and it, it, to me, the point is always the same. You're trying to work up a lather of the spirit of whatever culture or feeling is supposed to be. So if it's hand clap, foot stomp, if it's crowding around the altar with hands raised or bowing down, to me, there seems to be, just in my mind, as a bit of you, but you, you're, you're like me, you, Kevin, we're bridge people. We're old enough to know the yes. old school, young enough to engage with the new school. 
And I really feel like our generation is kind of the problem. Now, maybe the older generation started it by maybe downing the new stuff. But now that we have control, now that we got the gun, we are like really firing off. And I mean, what's some of your thoughts about how we as younger, more, you know, broadened worshipers, musicians, even pastors, how we should approach those differing styles? I think um, the main thing I'm learning, um, brother on Will Eldridge taught me this. I did a funeral at his church and um, he really, he pulled me to the side and he really poured into me. He said that um, every house of worship has their own sound. Yeah. And um, I think worship all in itself should be authentic if it's really pure, if it's coming from a pure place. And what brother Joe or sister Sandy's experience with God is not my experience. So their expression is going to be a little bit different than on mine is and where we fall into on this trap, especially with um, Al Gore's internet and the proliferation of YouTube, um, Facebook Live, you know, where the people are, you know, paying more attention to the comments than the service. But that's right, right. Here or there. But what happens is there's so much debate and there's so much comparison as to um, what the spirit of God or what it means to be in a spiritual or what the atmosphere should be. Mm. And everybody has their own, you know, little quirks and, you know, um, you know, some churches, if the mother's, you know, shaking and rolling down the aisle, you know, she has a spirit in other churches. Um, people are very solemn and they're quiet and, you know, you can hear, you can hear a, um, a mosquito pass gas. Right. right. Yeah. Them, they, you know, is the worship is thick to them. But um, I think one of my pet peeves is comparisons being made. And then there's this need in our society to where we have to have the answer. Hmm. When in essence, we have a answer. And to me, we're all just pieces of the puzzle. We're all pieces of the puzzle. We call them denominations. We call them worship experiences. Um, all in all, we need all the pieces to come together and um, reveal the big picture to the world, which is Christ. And what's happening now is we have pieces scattered all throughout. And um, if you were to ask somebody, okay, who's the church or what the church is, there's no definite answer. You know, if you have, you know, we could say, okay, the nation of Islam, one central message, um, other religions, other um, reformations. They have one message. The body of Christ, you have, okay, Trinitarian, Unitarian, then um, even some of our denominations, um, Baptist, Southern Baptist. Um, full gospel, full gospel, 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 gospel. Yeah. Yeah. PAW, um, Cool JC, you know. So we're so scattered. And when the sheep are scattered, you know, or um, when everybody's scattered, um, it's very hard to really come together and to um, get one sound. And the worst thing that can happen is you read the message board or the comment section in a given worship service. And, you know, people feel this need to really um, give a performance. And I'll, I'll, give a, um, I'll give a confession. When we first started going live, I felt like, oh, okay, man, look, we're live now, you know, 
I got to kill it. You know, we got to be on point. We can't miss anything. If we mess up, you know, that's 10 push-ups. you know, all, all that carrying on. But at the end of the day, um, God had to really deal with me. Like, um, who's your audience? Hmm. <clears throat> like, who is your audience? Like, it should be an audience of one. And yes, we are to help lead people into worship. But at the same time, like our focus cannot be on the people. And our focus cannot be on the comments section or, you know, hey, Doc, y'all is killing me. Y'all, man, y'all, y'all smashing over there at, um, you know, Second Baptist or I appreciate all the adulation and all that. But at the same time, that's not what we're in it for. And right. so I think what's diluting our product is um, really reestablishing the purpose of worship and the purpose of um, the assembly of the saints. Like um, everybody is not assembling for the same purpose. And um, yes, so um, I hope there's not an echo or anything. It only happens when I'm talking. Well, it was only happening when I'm talking close to you. Do you have headphones around? If you do, yes, you can pop them in. And while you're doing that, we apologize for the audio issue, but it just happens. Uh, while you're talking about that, and he was talking about, you know, Christianity does not have one central uh, view or outlook or perspective. And in a way, you should or would think that that broadness should be a blessing. The, the broadness of Christianity, the fact that we come in so many flavors and styles and and approaches and angles, it should mean that we have so many different ways to reach the world. And what might not work or touch or connect with somebody in a certain frame you know, or a certain type of church like Second Baptist might work at New Beginnings or might work at a victory or or at Potter's house uh, or at, at G.E. Patterson's church or the uh, late great G.E. Patterson's church. But I think that what should be a blessing actually becomes more of a burden. It becomes a burden. And it's not because the broadness is the burden. It's because the way we approach it. And what I see is a lot of uh, are you hearing me good, Mark? Yes, sir. Can you hear okay, me? I wanted to be sure. Yeah, I hear you good. So I don't okay. hear any echo now. What, what what I'm seeing is what I call worship arrogance. And mm. that is the idea that because I'm doing something different, especially if it's newer or fresher or has a modern sound or appeal, it's better. Mm. It's touching God more. It is taking people into the holies of holies. And so I think an antidote to that uh, is part of that is just basic appreciation that mm -hmm. we're not the first ones that showed up here. People have been experiencing the presence of God literally for millennia before yes. we had newer sounds and before certain eras of gospel. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Hawkins. You can go back to Thomas Dorsey introducing hymns. You can go back to Negro mm -hmm. Spirituals all the way up to Kirk Franklin. Now the new Israel type CCM planet shakers. Uh, you know, now we're into, I mean, these groups, I feel old now. I'm trying to keep up with Maverick City Music and Nashville or whoever these people are. Elevation worship. There's always been new sounds every generation or two. And there's a problem when people literally get up and, and I've heard preachers do this and I've heard worship leaders do this, that this ain't about to be your grandma's worship. Nah, we about to go in. This ain't, this ain't the old hint. We about that. I'm like, actually some of what you're offering might not be all that great. It might be, it might be polished. It might be well produced and rehearsed, but it might not 
touched me just because you think it would. And then we have a problem as a generation, Mark, repeating the mistakes of the old who used to feel if you're not getting with this, then you're not in the spirit. If you're not hand clapping and foot stomping with us, if you're not hollering on the altar or line singing the hymns with us, then you're not in. We're doing the same stuff. If you're not bouncing and jumping at the altar, if you're not hopping up and down, if you're not headbanging in the worship team and dancing around on the stage and doing the Thai tribute style where everybody's intermingling, well, well, who wants to watch a choir rock? And it's like, Hmm. yo, if you are so flaky and shallow Hmm. that a rhythm or a beat or a synth or organ sound dictates to you whether or not true worship is going forth. I don't think that's the worship style's fault. I don't think it's the worship singer's fault. I think it's our problem. And some of us feel uh, that some songs and verses and choruses kind of don't give the Christian much to chew on. And we feel Mm. like when we get away from hymns and we get away from learning verses and, you know, that you, you actually lose a lot. They used to say you learn doctrine just by singing hymns. True. You learned certain things that are repetitions of the Bible. And I feel like there should be room for all. There won't always be room for everything because everybody can't do everything. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the antidote to the arrogance is appreciation yes. and and humbling ourselves. And I feel like, honestly, we're still not doing a great job. And I want to add one more wrinkle to this. Mm-hmm. Then when we do go back, then when we do then it becomes like it feels like Broadway, like you're humoring people like we about to do some old school like but it doesn't have the soul of the old school. It doesn't have mm. the feel of the old school. And it feels like yeah. you're performing like a person would get up and try to sing old Aretha Franklin song just to say they did something classic. Yes. Ah, you know, if you don't have the soul for it, don't yes. play with it. Don't Absolutely. play with it. I'm not saying you're not sincere if you don't sound soulish, mm-hmm. if you don't sound soulful, but I'm saying I don't feel that classic worship is to be performed like mm-hmm. you are doing a Broadway recreation of what mom and them got saved on. And yeah. so, you know, there's a lot. And it's funny, uh, uh, J- Janet just asked, she's one of my uh, members at Second and one of our my dear sisters asked, why don't choirs march in anymore? Well, I think that was a part of a performance that people kind of got away from. They're like, well, why are we spending this much time, you know, marching in? I mean, I'm sure there's I bet you any money because my predecessor was real good with coming up with scriptures. And he would be right in a way of like these processions and things are biblical. There's processions Mm. in the Bible. So there should be processions in the church. Yeah, but no. You know, like, you know, (laughs) yeah, that that procession, you know, it, it doesn't. You can't mimic everything. So, I mean, I do have problems, Mark, with us feeling, like you said, that we have the answer when we only have a answer. And only some people are probably going to be blessed by that answer. And Mm -hmm. especially, now let's turn the corner, with Black people, our music is also a part of our heritage, history, legacy, and our culture. And what we've seen in the black church is a huge embrace of the more CCM style. And for those that don't know what that is, that's Christian contemporary music, which basically think yeah. Israel Houghton, I am a friend of God. Uh, you know, what's that? How great is our, God? Is our God? Things of mm-hmm. That's like the CCM anthem. You know, half black folk don't know that song is like 25 years old, you know. Right. And they don't know it has verses. 
just like yes. just like just like hymns. But I'm saying, how much do we lose if the African American church in particular totally abandons traditional gospel style for basically all CCM and more modern worship? Do you feel like we lose something, or is that just a natural evolution? There's just nothing we can do about it. I think that um, just like in the scripture, when it comes to um, I think it was in Judges when there was a new um, generation of Israelites that had um, come after, you know, they got to the promised land. And what happened was the generation before them did not tell them the story of Egypt. So they didn't know about Egypt. And mm. and what's happening is um, there's a generational gap when it comes to the appreciation of our history and where we've come from. So that's why it's so easy for many in our generation to say, well, you know, that sounds good. And, you know, that worked for mama and them, but, you know, uh, we, we really don't need that. We, we could hit it or every now and then we're going to toss something out there. So mother could get happy. And, you know, so she don't stop tithing to the church. <laughs> right, know, right, right. Let's, keep let's, mother keep happy. Real. let's keep it real. Keep the mother no. happy. Yeah. Keep mother happy. But um, one thing you did say is when it gets to the Broadway performance part and the, what separated um, Miss Aretha and Mahalia Jackson and all of them, they, they went through stuff like they so, went through it stuff. Was so, I mean, and yeah, like that, that was their outlet. They weren't if I'm quite sure if they wouldn't have made one dime, they would have still went with that same passion and that same authority. And many times we're chasing, we're chasing the dollar, we're chasing the status, we're chasing, we're chasing, um, we're chasing legacy. Like, um, I really, I, I like really that. believe that, um, it's this comparison. It's really prevalent in our society today. This comparison thing, like, okay, um, you know, I watched the funeral the other day, and you know, they're saying such and such, and at first I'm thinking like, oh man, I. I would love for somebody to say that about me, you know, that I, I was this person and, oh man, he fed 10,000 people, you know, inside of two minutes or whatever. And, but at the same time, that's not my cross to carry, you know, and, you know, people are carrying all these crosses that don't belong to them. Uh, and, wow. You know, so in essence, um, just like we all have our own fingerprints, we have our own fingerprints. So, um, our worship is also unique as well. So us trying to copy, um, you know, Maverick City or All Nations or Potter's House back in the day. Um, New Birth. Everybody yeah. wanted to sound like New Birth. You know, um, Rick Pino said it best. He said every house should write their own music hmm. at the end of the day. Every house should have their own music. And, you know, I think we've gotten lazy as worshipers, as um Minstrels, I appreciate the terminology, by the way. But nice it's like minstrel, that's right, that's right. But at the same time, you're Jehovah's you drummer. Know, we're Jehovah's drummer. <laughs> but at, at the same time, okay, we're listening to these songs, but once again, we are mimicking verbatim what somebody else's experience was. Yeah. Now I've had that. I, I and you know what? Yeah. I used to apply that to dance and mm -hmm. miming. Because honestly, a lot of these groups, and there's no disrespect to dancer or mimers, no. they would uh, dance and mime the song and then begin to kind of dance and mime how the spirit moved to the track mm -hmm. of the song that was recorded in somebody's church 10 years ago 
where the spirit really mm-hmm. moved. And they're like saying what the person's saying. I'm like, yeah, that prophecy yeah. is probably for that house. I'm not sure if it's for this house. Now, mm-hmm. I feel like a song is a song is a song. So mm-hmm. whether it's a hymn song or a song on a track, you have to make it your own. But I do agree with yes. you saying that you don't try to say, okay, Kirk got happy here. Uh, yes. Hezekiah really went in here. So I have to go in have, right there. I have an example for you on Work It Out. You know, when she talks about, you know, all my bills were paid. and Baby need a pair of shoes. I don't even have baby a baby. A Somebody don't yeah. have a baby. You have to like, say the baby need a pair of shoes. I have never heard that song where somebody had their own ad-lib. They're singing this woman's story. You know. Yeah. Yeah. They're singing. But, you know, you, you made know. a good point. And I do want to. And, and Justin Bur- Burnett, you made a great. How you doing, Pastor? You made a great uh, comment. But I want to pull on what you said about if Aretha or, you know, one mm-hmm. of those old soul singers. If they weren't getting paid a dime, they'd still be singing because that's their story, that's their testimony, that's their talent. But honestly, and I'm not, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint with a broad brush real quick. I'm gonna paint with mm-hmm. a broad brush. So get, don't get mad if I stereotype. Sure. It feels like you get more of that soulful sincerity with the old school. You go in any old Baptist church, there's seven choir members. Whoever the best singer is is gonna do the best they can, and they're gonna sing their little heart out, sing themselves happy, sing that verse the best they can to nine people. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like with the newer, it feels like everything has to be just right. Just Where's right. the track? Where's the stem? Mm-hmm. Is it da da da? Intro better be perfect. Such and such and such and such. You know, and, and, I, and sometimes you watch people phoning it in if nobody's really paying attention, which I want to prick on mm-hmm. Justin's uh, comment. When he said, I feel all music, old worship songs or new age worship songs, serve a purpose and now watch what he says though and i know he doesn't mean it this way but i'm gonna pick on you for a minute just sure he says a lot of the older songs has so much meaning then he says but the new age song gets the attention of the new generation so my mm-hmm. question becomes and i know he doesn't mean that flat out but i'm gonna pick on it is it more important for a song to have meaning or is it more important to get the attention or be up to date in a way that's attractive because Old school, once upon a time, was new school, and everybody wanted to be where the choir was jumping and singing all the Hezekiah Walker songs, and now everybody wants to be maybe where Elevation Worship and and Maverick City Music is being sung. But at the end of the day, you can attract a lot of shallowness and insincerity and people who want to be a part of the crowd. And Mm -hmm. so should the church and should the musicians stick to meaning at the expense of maybe boring people out or feeling like you're not relating giving them the sound they want to hear or the lyrics they want to hear because the meaning is more important. The doctrine is more important. What do you, or do you think we should try to strike a balance? Um, I do believe in there being a balance to a certain degree, but at the end of the day, I think that overall it should be authentic and, you know, that's so much, I believe in production. I believe in um, a spirit of excellence and there's yeah. times where, you know, if you're remixing something in the studio, okay, there's some things you do need to probably tighten up. Nothing against that. But um, I think it de- it depends on the purpose of the um, person doing what they're doing when they're going for. Right, right. So um, at the end of the day, take, for instance, somebody that goes viral on YouTube, um, like um, trying to think like Antoine, um, the dude that said, um, you know, they're they're um, they're kidnapping the wives, and you know, 
it's it's a fire over here. You oh yeah, 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 yeah. Antoine Dotson. Antoine Dotson. Yeah. He oh, he was not fire. It's a fire. Oh, yeah. it's a fire. <laughs> yeah. So he was not trying to go viral. He right. was just being himself. And what happened was okay, it was hilarious. But then a lot of the things that go viral is now some of it is foolishness and it's just funny. Right. But a lot of it is people being their sincere selves. Yeah. And I worry and, about that because, yeah. you know, I'm not picking because I don't want to be jumped on. But even when I'm seeing on some of these sites like Church of Laugh and stuff, they've gone yeah. from stuff that's genuinely funny to just somebody who made a mistake. Yeah. Like, yeah. like we've all started off on the wrong beat or in the wrong key or the choir yes. was out of sync for a minute. And I was just like, ah, you're just embarrassing church folk doing their best. Mm. And yeah. And I do think, like you said, these internets we are judging ourselves. We are convinced somebody else is watching us, judging us. And now we have to, maybe we lose. Somebody said, bring the choir back. I fully agree. But we Amen. have started to, yeah. we have started to watch this, avoid the average singer who is a sincere singer, mm, yeah. but who might not be a mic holder and be able to give, because what are we asking people to do now? It used to be rock and sway and sing mm. along. Now it's, you got to have beat expression, personality. You got to give hand motions. You got to mime the song. You got to yeah. smile. You got to know exactly when to worship at the worship break. Every, as soon as the music break, everybody's speaking tongues at the same time. I'm like, yes. come on, man. This is coordinated. Mm -hmm. Y'all ain't all getting yes. by the spirit during the same musical break. And yeah, But we're asking yeah. so much. And I've experienced it a second. Bringing mm -hmm. a worship team into a choir anthem church. Honestly, People who felt a part of the congregation and a part of the group choir feel left out. Like, oh, you have this elite group. You don't need me anymore. You, you don't, yes. What do you need me for? And I feel that something is lost in the church when that's created. I think excellence has to be balanced with engagement mm -hmm. and interaction and acclamation. Uh, you know, getting people in and feeling like, hey, we're a part. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying... You know how we be like, it might not sound good to you, but it sounds good to God. I'd be like, yes. no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good yeah. to God either. Mm -hmm. One thing I... But go ahead. Yes, sir. One thing I want to say is um, I, I totally agree with you. And at the end of the day, nobody has a, a monopoly on the presence of God. Right, right. And Thank you. Say it again. The, say it again, Mark, for the people in the yes, back. Yes, sir. Um, nobody has no person, no denomination, no church has a monopoly or one central answer to what the um, presence of God is, or one simple method, I should say. Thank you. And um, what, even in our own churches, um, take for instance, um, back in um, at Victory, when we have multiple services, and you, I think you, um, you came preached, and we had an eight thirty and a, an eleven. What worked in the eight thirty service did not work in the eleven because it's a whole different crowd. You have a whole different element, and. Um, what ended up happening is that particular Sunday, it's interesting we're talking right now. Um, it just came back to me. A young lady had told me that um, that Monday, she said, when I first came here, I wasn't going to come to church. But when I came, um, you know, I was very touched and everything. But she said, I was about to commit suicide, but God told me to come to the church that given Sunday. And so what she needed we had to make sure that we provided it. So if we're just being programmed in, okay, we rehearsed it this way and we have to do it this way. Right. Who knows what the outcome would have been for that young lady. And that comes with um, having discernment 
being able to actually hear the voice of God. And, you know, and once again, there's, there has to be spiritual maturity as well to where, okay, sometimes you do song of the Lord where you just go into a prophetic flow, but at the same time, that cannot substitute for the lack of preparation. Right. right, So sometimes a group, you could tell they ain't practice. Like they're all over the place and it's like, okay, we're just going to Hima Mashada all right, right. all day. All, all day. day and then yeah. fall out and say each other, reach at each other, everybody got a word. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, if you have discernment, you can kind of feel like, okay, this is a production. This is not authentic. And at the end of the day, it's that's what reaches the um, heart of God is our authenticity. And you know what? So, and I'm glad you said nobody has a monopoly on worship. And even when we say mm-hmm. You know, this is the sound of heaven. No, yeah. this is one sound of heaven. One. Mm-hmm. One sound. Because Revelation tells me every tribe, every tongue. And if I think we really don't know, I'm sure there's people who could recreate for us what Hebrew worship sounded like, what it mm-hmm. really, you know, to the best of our ability. Uh, and throughout the ages, there were so many different sounds, timbrels, tenors, languages, beats, mm-hmm. rhythm, slow, fast, chants. I just did a worship class in my master's program where mm-hmm. we literally had to write about, we'd watch a service on YouTube, everything from Greek Orthodox to Pentecostal to free worship to Chinese house worship <laughs> to Southern Baptist. And you'd have to sit there and watch the 40, 50 minute clip or at least, you know, a minimum amount of it and talk about what you experienced. I sat yeah. in a Greek Orthodox church in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Warren, uh, St. Demetrius. And I know the, the, the priest there is beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like you it have is. to achieve. And and Janet made a great point. She said some people are searching and really don't know the difference. And I want to touch on that because sure. a lot of the conversation we're having is built around people who know church, know church music, know the traditions, the flavors, the grooves. They know when the beats turn. They know when you've gone from the worship like y'all did tonight, this one worship song. Then you go into that, the churchy chords and everybody's mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa. But the world we are reaching, including, especially now, this has always been really honestly like the white world, but the black Mm -hmm. world is not as acclimated to the church atmosphere, new Mm -hmm. or old, that they once were. So sometimes a lot of these distinctions we're pointing out are for us, not for Mm -hmm. the people we're reaching and not even for the average church goer. We are up here sometimes in a bubble, musically inclined pastors, musicians, singers, Mm -hmm. and people that are really into music. And we're like in a bubble up front trying to stay on top of the latest hits. What are they? What kind of shouts are they doing at the convention? What's the latest sound? And the average person walking in does not listen to gospel during the week. They do not know all these key changes. They just need to be ministered to. And a simple song of joy is enough for them. A simple song of encouragement is enough for them. And so one thing I have gotten to, and I think a, a benefit of seconds approach is no matter what we do, make sure it's accessible to the mm-hmm. people who are hearing. They should know that they can follow along. Now, there are always going to be some songs we sing to the people, but we always want to create opportunity to sing with the people and give mm-hmm. people the opportunity to sing with us. So if everything we're doing are these crazy changes and high notes and we're all yeah. over the place, even singing lyrics that are unfamiliar without words on the screen or whatever, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And again, that goes back to hymns. Everybody could open the same book, go to yeah. number 113, and everybody, and even if I couldn't sing, couldn't read notes, I could at least read them words and pick up the melody. So I feel like whatever you do, you should do it well. 
and with not just the experienced, uh, you know, musically inclined saint at heart, but the seeker at heart. And something I found out that might play into this worship arrogance a little bit, and I hate to call it worship arrogance, but maybe this distaste for old school is, let's be honest, some of our old schoolers at a certain point kind of started giving up on doing what they did well, and they were just going through the motions, or maybe the people who were really good at it started to get older and die off a bit, and the people who Mm -hmm. were left trying to keep it going. So it was easy to dismiss. One blessing I saw at second is that some people would often say coming from the non-denominational worship ministry I was in and, and the, I led all these types. Well, when you get the second, you're going to throw out the doxology. You're going to throw out the hymns. <laughs> you're going to do out. Now, first of all, I know better because I lose all my members and my, my givers. I'm, that's, I'm, yes. not, I'm not that stupid. But secondly, I discovered <laughs> people don't really care so much if church is old school, new school. They care if it's done well and done right. And mm-hmm. now every week we sing our morning hymn and most of the time. Our praise team or our worship ministry don't have the choir right now. They're harmonizing. They're singing it the way it's meant to be sung. The musicians are on point. And God help me, Mark. They know how the doggone hymns are supposed to go. Because if I hear one more young musician play a hymn with the wrong chords or trying to put in CCM chords on him. Yes, can't do it. Listen, stop putting CCM chords on him. Stop putting diminished seven, all this crazy jazz mess. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with adding some flavor. But if I can clearly tell you don't know the tune, if I can mm-hmm. clearly tell you don't know the tune, you have a problem. You have yes, a problem. So I think you should do what you do well and do it in a manner that is accessible. Now, now we have a question I want to ask. Uh, Jay asked, do you think someone like Kanye West, Sunday service, he took the world by storm mm-hmm. before COVID. Do you think it is a real worship experience? Or do you feel it is more like a, I'll, he said production, I'll say a presentation of Christian music. Do you think it's a real worship experience mm-hmm. or a presentation of Christian music, a production? Pastor Todd, I'm scared to answer that question from the standpoint where um, I think based upon what our um, dissertation has been already, um, what possibly those of us that are churched, if might not hit us the same way that it would somebody outside of the church. And, you know, at this, there's so many layers to it because with a certain sound, you'll get goosebumps and all that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that's the Holy Ghost, but um, that's neither here or there. But to me, um, Kanye, first of all, the um, their band and their sound is just, it's phenomenal. They got some of the best of the best that's doing it. And um, I cannot really say if it's real or not. I don't know if that's for me to say. For me, I'll just say I think that they are great covers to music that's already been produced. And then they have a couple on there that were um, I really enjoyed them. And um, one of them, like I lightweight, I kind of went in myself. Like I caught myself going in, but I think what's real based is based upon what is either the listener or the, um, I don't want to say performer presenter. Um, it is their experience. Like what is their experience? So if there's somebody that, you know, just, you know, Dana's tool of music, you know, um, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? They're just singing notes on a, on a page. But when you really get that revelation of who God is, 
and you approach that song from a different um, standpoint. And I, I've watched, I studied those Kanye videos and a lot of those choir members, you can tell it's really, they're really sincere. And now the whole purpose of the whole organization, I'm, I cannot say if it's um, authentic or, you know, I, I have my own Kanye opinions, you know, and at first, sometimes it feel opportunist a little bit, but that's not for me to um, judge. If it's helping one person, I'm all for it. And I'm not going to just um, clutch my pearls and say like, oh, it's not, yeah, yeah, you know, it's not God, but. Um, but yeah, like, um, when they sing, I love you, Jesus, I worship and adore you. Like it, you could really feel, you could feel the genuineness or, um, it's genuineness a word or it's real genuine. It is. If you're Baptist, if you're Baptist, it's a word. <laughs> yes, we just it, make up words. It's real. It's genuosity, real. the genuosity of it. Genuosity of it. But, um, genuistipitous, but I'm, I'm very careful. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we, we say, don't want to judge. Yeah, but at the same time, I do want to know what the motive is. I feel I that we are geared; we always have been geared towards excellent performance. Let's let's not pretend mm -hmm. like people weren't tuning into Beethoven for a reason. Fact. Let's not pretend people weren't tuning in to the traveling corrals of the black colleges and the mm -hmm. Thomas Dorsey corrals. They were tuning in for a reason. Because yes. they were doing it better than anybody else was doing it. And their little mm -hmm. service with their little few singers was good enough. But when so-and-so comes to town with their tent revival and their special singer, like the Aretha Franklin story, when, you know, Daddy Franklin was taking the, uh, taking her, it was a reason she was singing them songs better than other folk were. Yes. I do have a problem. And I'm glad you said that, uh, Janet, I hate to keep picking on you, but I'll, I'll get to that in one second. I do have a problem when people say stuff like, yeah, it is how it's supposed to be. It is how it's supposed to be done. You should put this much into it. Like, dude, give me a million dollars and I'll hire all the best people and yes. we'll have the best choir. And by the way, if I did that every Sunday in my church, yes, it'd be hopping, jumping. But experience has taught many of us. You probably still won't commit, be better, no. be a better Christian. You probably still won't stop being petty. You probably won't stop sleeping around. Because somebody's saying a song super duper excellent. Now let's 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 stop pretending like the purpose of gospel and worship isn't supposed to actually transform our lives, not just inspire us and make us feel good for a minute. It's wonderful to feel inspired and to feel helped and to feel closer to God for a minute. But as Christians, we're supposed to be growing, maturing, developing, and worship is supposed to be a part of that, drawing us nearer to God. And of course, I can't judge your path, but mm -hmm. The excellence of worship has never actually made somebody live more holy. Let's just right. be clear here. That's the true. excellence of worship, well-produced worship, the tightest harmonies, the best band, the most organized choir, the, the most well-set-up choir march never made anybody be more holy, more righteous than they were mm -hmm. before. Now, I do want to say this because Janet said this. Jeanette said this. I'm tired of people comparing donkeys to people donkeys are not people and i'm not playing uh, you janet you know i love you she, she knows i love her so i'm just talking i'm tired of people taking people like kanye west or let's say super crazy gangster rapper who says one spiritual thing and then we say well god used them like a well first of all god used that donkey one time and then he went back mm -hmm. to being a donkey when god got mm -hmm. done with him 
Let, let's be let's be very clear. So we have if we're gonna say that, and this is just a preacher coming out of me. If we're gonna say that, then we can say, yes, so and so said that good thing about Jesus or saying that good sign, but if they're not saved, they're still going to hell, and that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna say that, because I feel like that's like a very tight and kind of out of context comparison to make because animals are animals. And I'm going to say one more thing. God uses animals against their will because they don't have one. That's it. They, they don't have a will. They don't have a will. Yeah. Donkey didn't have a choice. They just we, 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 we have a choice. And so I think sincerity matters. I love to see new arrangements, remixes. Mm -hmm. What he's doing is amazing. But yeah. everyone doesn't have access to HD cameras to rent out a whole doggone airport hangar in Chicago and do all this other stuff. So I feel like what has happened is because we're so performance oriented, now we become unfair to the people who are in the trenches every day, making worship work every Sunday. And yeah. their job is to minister not to the nations. I'm so sick of hearing that. Their job is not to be to millions. Of, their job is to minister to their neighborhood, the 30 or 40 people that might make it in their church. And those people will, as the history has shown us, make a difference in their world because somebody I'm here because I grew up in a church with about a dozen or two dozen people having church in an auditorium and our worship honestly by today's standards was absolutely horrible. It was sincere. It was heartfelt, but mm -hmm. I could not listen to a tape of myself playing our praise team singing. It's tough. We was caught screaming and crying and carrying on. But, but God if you appreciate what yeah. Todd Johnson has to offer, or what a Mark mm -hmm. Reigns has to offer, and a lot of our big stars, by the way, most of our big stars to make it to big stages got snatched out of storefronts and little Pentecostal and Baptist churches anyway. Let's just be honest. We all got snatched out of little churches that was having church seven days a week with the same folk, and there were just some special singers and musicians that got pulled up. And now we are literally talking about the place that produced the people that we aspire to be now. And so I feel like Kanye has a team of people a year to put into one song, one arrangement. He can spend months. I got to come up with two, at least two songs in a hymn every single week with a group of people that work every day, <laughs> are not vocally trained singers, and, and, and bless God's people. So I'm a champion of the little guy. I'm a champion yes. of that little kid that can only play in three keys, that lady that has one good solo. That 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 brother, that that older organist that will never pick up that elevation sound. He's trying. Yeah. He ain't got it. You ever hear people like baptize new song? I call it <laughs> baptize. I say do not baptize this song. If it turns into a rock and shaking song, you're doing it wrong. But yes. I just feel like the kingdom really is a kingdom. And we're not all royal, you know, in the royal court here. There's a few people in the royal court, but there's actually it's like it's like church. Mark, me and me and uh, Jeff has talked about this. Eighty percent of churches in the United States have two hundred people or less. Yeah, the churches yeah. with two hundred people or less, believe it or not, actually have more grassroots effect on everyday Christianity than the mega ministries who gather because there's really only so many of them. It, it, it's just yeah. it's just math. It looks bigger because that's what we see on TV in the internet but i like kanye's presentation i feel funny sometimes about the kanye's the the snoop dogs the whatever mm. 
Charlie Wilson, I mean, we've all seen, you've seen his routine at his concerts where he gives his testimony and shouts mm. and does his thing. Uh, <laughs> one of our commenters said, like, the white churches take all the funk out of our songs. They do. They take all the funk. And we put soul on their songs. We have taken some CCM songs that oh, I would man. never, ever sing and put some soul, some funk, yeah. some, some. So, so Mark, I, I want to end with this. Sure. When we talk about the worship wars, here's what grinds my gears. And I've mentioned this before. You might have heard me say this to Jeff. If somebody is a pure, true worshiper, should the place that they're worshiping in or the style that they're in dictate whether they are a pure, true worshiper? Now, I'm not going to say if you're Pentecostal and like to shout and run up and down aisles that you should walk in a Presbyterian church and run up and down aisles. But it bothers me when people who claim and I, I we use that phrase, I'm, I'm a go in, I'm in the presence, I'm in the Chicago. But if they go to a church where we're not singing your style, you will sit there as if you're not even trying. I see so many, as soon as they get in a foreign place, if they were part of a kingdom worship prophetic church and they come visit second and we're doing our hymn and our first worship selection or a choir selection, they just be like, I can't worship to this. <sighs> this ain't. I'm like, is, is, is the Holy Ghost in you or not? Or, or right. was it your obsession with a sound? Right. That, that, that's my question. Because, if, I'm, again, I'm not asking you to try to put on a show and kick over pews mm -hmm. where it might be inappropriate. Because I do think you have to become all things, spirit of subject to the prophet. I would not just walk up in a Catholic church, start kicking over pews and saying it's spirit. <laughs> but I do feel like I have a grinding gear towards people. Mm -hmm who almost sit back in a church that's not their style or their flavor, right. not slow enough, not fast enough, whatever. And I'm like, yo, I thought you, I thought every time you think about the goodness of Jesus, you, you go off. Why, why you ain't think about him right now. You can't think about, you know, what do you feel about that dynamic? Do you feel that there's a problem or is it just, Hey, that's just life. I, I have a huge problem with that. And I'll even confess, I used to be guilty of it. I used to be very guilty of it. And, you know, um, we would um, go to another church and they haven't arrived, you know, like we thought we did. And, you know, the old mother up there, um, she's off beat. She's all over the place. And, you know, but, you know, we're laughing at her, you know, like, you know, right. this is filth and all that. But at the same time, it, it all boils down to maturity of the individual worshiper. And you you can literally see God in anything if you really look right. close right. enough. And that's where I've grown to. And I I love Church of Laugh, um, Church Milk, you know, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. I, I love it. I get a kick out of it. But sometimes I do get convicted. And it's like, um, okay, this right here, they were really, they were really sincere. And the woman's wig came off. I mean, it happens. I watched, at the the same time. Out, I watched the lady shout out her slip in church yes. one time and it just fell down in the middle of church. Yeah. But I found myself kind of, um, not so much envious, but it's like, as hilarious as this is, as embarrassed as she might be, well, some of them really don't care because they She's got their in. deliverance. She's going she in. She got free. She, she, she got what she needed. To me, that's going in. Going in is not yeah. always... I'm playing strings on the keyboard and we're yeah. in awe. That's one style. Mm -hmm. But I know what it's like. Here's what humbled me. When I got the second, they, we still, to this day, we have prayer meeting. That is the deacons, 
just start singing the hymn. You put the chair in the middle? We don't put the chair in the middle anymore. Oh, no. okay. But they do just That's stand up, up and just, but I don't understand if you are, and thank you, Lady Dela Cruz, if you are mature and truly have the spirit of God, and I'm, I'm going to make it personal, especially yeah. if you're a black person, I am pleading with my young black generation, including myself, I'm almost 39, appreciate the soul of our people. And I mean exactly what I say. Appreciate the soul, the grimy, guttural soul of our people. Because if you can sit in a room, and I wish some of you could, and listen to a 90-year-old man sing, the Lord will make a way somehow. My God, yeah. If if you just sit back with your sticks crossed, waiting on your chance, to, you have a problem. And you are not going to be, watch this, a worthy successor to the legacy and the mantle we've been given if you don't appreciate what all of this stuff we do now is founded on. And you may never be that old man, but when that old man with two teeth for that old lady that knows that one song or that old, those four or five, they really do mean what they are singing and what they mean by what they're singing. And I've seen it with my own eyes. And yes, yes. it is routine. Yes, they've been doing it for 90 years. But doggone it, God and kept him for ninety years, and we about to fall out the church. Fall out the church out of t- after two weeks if if the if the drum track don't work this week. And mm-hmm. when I came to the church, they were having prayer meeting right in the bottom stairway because there were only two or three coming to prayer meeting, and they would sit in there and sing. What better measure of faithfulness is that? That yeah. I started before I taught. Now before I teach on Wednesday nights, and it's been of course because of COVID. I would go and sit on the piano and play learning hymns. I don't know and play because mm. I'm like, these people have been faithful. What's my excuse? You yes. know how we don't want to go out for devotions. You know how we want to act like we don't want to back up the deacons when we in church for a revival and they up there doing the first part. That ain't us. Mm. That ain't us. You know, I just feel like we're responsible. They're not responsible. And, and I'll say one more thing before we go. Sure. I, I have this experience a second. Those old mothers at New Beginnings, the people that choose to go to victory that are older and come from traditional, they have made the choice to embrace new things that are unfamiliar to them. Yes. Old people, older members have sat through a whole lot of our young crap and they've sat through our trends, our fads, what you're looking for. Are you down with <laughs> G-O-D? Yeah, you know me. You know, they are sitting here listening to all this junk, trying to encourage us young ones, trying to just keep us in the church. We up there rapping and stupid stuff, writing songs, yeah. like you said, making up songs we think are hot. They think they they sound like hot garbage. And these old saints been sitting there talking about, bless them hearts, baby. I try to sing along with you. I feel like <laughs> we owe it to them. Absolutely. To do the same thing. And we Learn owe it to ourselves. And, oh, thank you. We owe it to ourselves, too. And I'll, I'll say this. Um, first of all, once again, thanks for having me. This is, oh, man, I crossed this off my bucket list. Right. You know, but um, the song, I I went through some um, tough experiences in my um, adult life. And um, all out of nowhere, the lyrics to What a Friend We Have in Jesus came mm. to my head. Mm. And, you know, mm. I was young and I'm like, man, I wish they would sing something with a beat to it so I could, you know, so I could play, you know. But when I really listened to the words like, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Right. Like, same thing with CCM. What I love about CCM are the lyrics. The lyrics are just so phenomenal. Like, um, spirit lead me to a path without waters, you know, 
um, whatever the words are. I don't know the lyrics. I just love reading them. But um, I think my um, pastor, he always said that um, the way the world is, they've take, the world has taken its cue from the church. So mm. the stuff that the church has behaved and the, the systems that we've operated under, the world is just mimicking us. So when it comes to um, we treat Sunday mornings like, all right, you know, I'm just getting dressed on Sunday and I'm going to the club. We're no different than the person that all they live for is Saturday night, you know, right. downtown. Right. You know, right. and um, I think we're in a season, especially after this pandemic, it really forced us to really examine ourselves as to what is really the authentic worshiper within us. Yeah. And um, what, why are you here? I ask myself that often when I get up to um, go forth or whatever, why are you here? Like, why are you really here? Are you here to gig? Are you here to, hey, doc, we, we about to smash? And are you really here to invoke God's presence and to really help people experience, if they never experienced God before, this is, our goal is they're going to experience them today. And it's up to them if they want to open their hearts to receive them. But I want to make sure he's present. And um, many of us, we got to bring him with, we have to yeah. bring him with us yeah. versus just, you know, sitting back like, okay, let me wait on the right sound or, you know, the diminished um, flat seven and, you know, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like a horse. I think Judith McAllister said, like, a horse will dance when it hears the right music. You know, like, we're so programmed and it's like a jingle. Like, um, you know, when I think of the goodness, oh, we know the, you know, like a good neighbor. We know where it's to a, go. We know where to go. It's subliminal. It. We, we've been, you know, ingratiated. We've been A horse trained. will dance to the right music. Yeah. So, so that's why in these conferences, you don't see many videos of, you know, um, you know, the preach word or anything. It's praise breaks and you know, the bumps and all the attentions on the drummer. What do you and find then, time to record each other? I'm trying to yeah. figure out if the spirit is as high as you claim it is. How yeah. did you find the time to put it on Facebook? That's just me. Yes. I, I've never really. I mean, outside of like sitting back and appreciating the singer or something. I've never been like, man, Holy Ghost is really moving. Where's my Facebook Live button at? <laughs> I need man. to see this fancy footwork. And you're right. And even mm. the deeper worship moments, I'm just like, yes. you know, maybe some things are meant for intimacy and you did mm. have to be there to experience it. And I know I, well, just watching it blessed you. I, I get it. I, I can feel it. Yeah. But but I, I do, you know, worry that we will lose the heart of worship and, and, and lose... Again, I'm, I'm very selfish about this. The culture of worship that is unique. And you know why the culture of worship is not just to say, oh, we got a black style. It's because it adds to the color and the fabric and the diversity of worship. And if you become like everybody else, you lose mm -hmm. a piece of that diversity. So, Mark, Absolutely. man, you have been an amazing, insightful and sincere guest, man. I mean, I, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, yes, again, sir. those of you that are looking for Pastor Jeff. Uh, he was a little under the weather today, so we hope he feels better. Stay off that motorcycle. Stop trying to be a kid. <laughs> Just joking. What all love to my brother. Uh, but Pastor, uh, excuse me. I'll, see, I'm speaking over your life. Pastor Mark Rains, Bishop oh, wow. Apostle, is in the house. Uh, but I appreciate it. we're gonna bring in Mike real quick. But I'm, let me hit you with the last Phillips uh, ad. Our, our proud sponsors from the Phillips Care family of businesses includes Phillips Care Training. They are the proud new owners. They're not new owners anymore. They're just the proud owners of High Street Fitness, 277 South High Street in Cortland. 
if you want to get right, it's too late to get right for summer. If you want to get right for fall, if you want to get right for Halloween, you try to lose that weight, but you eat all that candy before Thanksgiving comes, go on ahead and check them out. It's a good time to sweat and sweat it out. And if you haven't gone to High Street Fitness to sweat it out, you can always go to New Beginnings and sweat it out. (laughs) (laughs) Or any other hot black church. Go to the hot black church if you're choosing. I have a question. Do they they help you gain weight? That's my issue. Do they help you? Hey, I gained a size. I gained a size through COVID. Mm -hmm. I went from a 32 to a 33 and ruined all my skinny suits that were just right for my little 32 inch frame and now i'm a good 33 but then i started going for walks and i'm going down again going back down i can't win Mm -hmm. i I can't win you know what i need i I need to get back on grandma's uh pinto beans and 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 dressing and greens and cornbread it didn't help before but now that i'm older i think it's gonna Mm -hmm. do something so absolutely we got to hit that soul food so thank you phillips care family of businesses for being sponsors mike come on in and finish this out like you made it to the end we appreciate you yes 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 i made it i made it hey um enjoy being skinny while you can enjoy once, being skinny yes because once you re- reach a certain age it's it's it's, it's hard <laughs> mike my dad is goes, size bigger than me really wow okay mm-hmm. well, he's 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 blessed he's blessed i'm, I'm, I'm gonna take that to the bank <laughs> No doubt. Mark, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate, Appreciate you, brother. Yes, man, Mark. Um, um, quick story. When I met Mark, uh, I was I was managing a gospel group, Divine Worship, with uh, Steve Mariner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark came to play keys for us. So we was rehearsing a song I wrote in the midst of a thousand angels. And uh, yes. and it's it's when you write a song, you hear Mark, it. Mark, what that the song you called me about said this dude brought this trash on the rehearsal and you made it? <laughs> don't, don't do that. Wasn't that it? Don't do that. That wasn't it. Did you, call, <laughs> you said, yo, I'm in rehearsal right now. And this is, this is garbage. <laughs> but, but, you know, when, when you write a song, you hear it in your head. But then when you mm-hmm. actually hear it being performed, it takes on yeah. a whole new aura or yeah, whatever. Absolutely. So we was rehearsing the song. And, um, you know, Mark, Mark was playing it. He was learning. You know, he learned it pretty good, real, real quick. And after the song, he would, you know, I think Steve told him that I wrote it. He was like, I was wondering why that brother was into that song like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, that's 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 what I met Mark, man. That's what I met Mark. Humble oh, brother. Yes. Humble brother. Always. Always. Um, it was a pleasure working with him. Um, it's something about musicians, good musicians. Sometimes they come with a lot of baggage mm. that you, that's, that you got to deal with. But Mark was real humble. He was open-minded. He, he was real, real good to work with. So I appreciate you for appreciate coming that. on, brother. Yeah, yes, sir. You, you're one of a kind, brother Reigns. We no appreciate doubt. you. No and uh, we appreciate everybody who's been watching. Thank you for tuning in. We're here every Sunday night. This is your Sunday night service. This, this is where you kick back and chill out and hang out with Religiously Incorrect. If you got a subject, you know, I'm going to just throw this out there, Mike. If you got a subject, we're going to put a poll out. What would you like us to talk about? No doubt. We, yeah, we want to take that. some show ideas. We, maybe we haven't hit something that we need to hit. Throw it out there. Put it in the comments. We'll, maybe we'll put a poll out on our page. You check it out. And we want you to continue to like, to share, to tag people. 
if, if you want to come in, you know what? Every once in a while, you might have something really strong to say. We'll just shoot you the link and bring you into the show mm -hmm. and, and just kick it like that. But, Mark, again, thank you so much. Mike, anything yes, else sir. you need to say for the good of the order? Bring back the choirs. Bring, bring back, back the choirs. choirs. Hey, we have done a great job since COVID. As a matter of fact, I am convinced that we have had good engagement in people visiting our church since we reopened because mm -hmm. I turned to more traditional music during COVID because my theory was when people are in a strange place, they want to experience familiar things. And if they can't be in church, they want to experience church the way they remember it and know it. And again, that's not everybody's flavor, but I, I believe that's, that's touched a chord so that hey, Jesus can work it out. or I can go to God in prayer or, you know, walk like Jesus walk. It just takes you back and does something to you. And I think there's not enough of that in new media. There's not enough traditional mm -hmm. legacy worship in the new media space. I think you need to add that in because I go in real quick on a good old hymn, good old song mm -hmm. that I see on Facebook. So, Pastor, Pastor yeah. Todd, I don't know. I think I played it this afternoon that um, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Oh, yeah, man. Look full yeah. on his wonderful face. You know, like, um, man, that that stuff just, um, yeah. Go ahead. I could go on. About it takes that. you. On. What a mighty fortress is our God. I mean, it, it'll take you there. Yeah. It'll take you there. Yeah. So, thank you, everyone, for watching. We love you. We'll be back next week with another fire episode. It's Father's Day. I think we're going to talk about daddy issues. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. we got to talk about daddy issues. Because, hey, we might as well just go to one of these restaurants because they could be empty anyway. We can just go to uh, Roadhouse. Yes, Ain't nobody going to be there. Walk straight in. We're going to be on the grill. Bunch of single mothers with their kids. <laughs> They're talking about, I'm the mama and the dad. Oh, there you go. There you go. Peace out, everybody. <laughs> See you next All week. Right. Pastor Jeff so. will be back. Stay on, Mark. Okay. Take care.